What's up, guys? Welcome to the J&G Podcast. My name is Josh. I am the J. We're singing? You don't want to sing? I mean, I can sing. I just, and like, I felt that in the moment. It was really fun. I, I just went with it. Well, then, in that case, my name is George. I am the G. You always have to outdo me. Every day of our lives, buddy. Well, okay, George, we're talking about something really near and dear to your heart today. We're talking about your job in in service industry or hospitality. Yes. Yeah, so, are you excited about that? I'm kind of excited about this. Any anytime I get to talk about this, I get excited. Anytime you get to talk about yourself, you mean? Yes. All right. Cool. I Just am my favorite subject. <laughs> Let's get into this. All right. So, here's a, a fun little tidbit. You love the service industry, or actually, specifically, like hospitality, restaurants, food. What you currently do is you're a restaurant manager, a restaurant supervisor. And you're in a field that you love. Why do you love that? Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm in the service industry. I've been in the service industry for almost 10 years now. Maybe actually a little longer. The number one thing I love about it is that in a lot of other jobs and stuff like that, there's a lot of things that just never change. And anyone in the service industry will tell you this. There's not a single day that you go into work that is the same as any other day. The day before it, the day after it, three weeks from now, it will all be different. You will never have two identical days. Ever. And I just, I love the unpredictability of the business. Some would say that's kind of like instability. No, because I am very stable in my job. And yes, restaurants have one of the biggest turnover rates of any industry going. Right. The average time span that someone is at any particular restaurant or hotel or whatever is about three to four years if there's no upward movement. And of course you've had some upward movement. You started out you started out as a busboy. Right. And you know, became a server and then worked your way up in various positions in a restaurant environment and then got hired into this job yes. as a manager. Yes. Now I would wonder because I've I've seen this side of the industry. I've I've worked in restaurants and in, including like some fast food experience. I would think like the hardest part of it is the people that you'd have to take care of, the customers. No, not really. I thoroughly enjoy dealing with customers, even the problem um, ones. Even the problem ones because I love problem solving. I love it when I have someone come to me and say, hey, this is the problem. This is what I've done so far. What do you think? Do you want to do anything? Do you want to go over and talk to them or do you want me to handle it? Like the problem solving aspect and especially one of the things that I love about the place that I work right now is that we empower our employees 
to do that, to problem solve. That's not the case in every restaurant. Most restaurants, you have to run it past a manager before you can do it. Mm -hmm. There, depending upon what it is, short of giving away the restaurant, an employee can do almost anything to make a guest happy. So, so you're talking now about employees and because now part of your job is not just to deal with, you know, the customers, but the people who work directly under you. I mean, is that not enough to, to, to turn you away and, and say like, this is not the kind of job for me. Cause to, I, I've seen, you know, servers, I've worked shoulder to shoulder with them and I've seen how we all have treated our bosses. So I was a server and objectively I hate servers. <laughs> they are, and I was this way when I was one, but as a group, servers are the whiniest bunch of people that you will ever meet. You're saying this knowing that people that, you know, work for you may be listening to this. Yes, but they know that I'm right. They they, As they know server. that you're right, or they know that you already think this? Both. Okay. So, because servers, again, I was the same way. Servers, they get pissed if they don't get sat. They get pissed if they get sat too much. They get pissed if they don't get the big party. They get pissed if this person that they don't like gets the big party. They get pissed if they have to split a party. Like, there, there's very little that makes a server happy <laughs> i mean you know like and just just gonna speak from the server side because i'm in that more recently than you um yeah actually that's kind of very accurate the one thing that makes a server happy is here's your money go home early like that at, will make that will make any server the at, happiest. The end, at the end of the day cool but i was the server yeah this is just i was the server i want to go home early okay go home like if if one of the people that I was serving with said I want to go I want to go home early, all right, go home. I'll take your tables. I'll take I'll take your money. Like I I wasn't at work. I didn't come to work just to go home. I came to work to make money. And if there's someone there that doesn't want to make money, I'll take the money that they would have made. And me personally, the big parties never phase me. I would much rather four or five two, three, four tops, then a party of 20. Now, I agree with that because small tables are, they're just easier to kind of connect with. And that is that is the fun of, of this kind of job is you do get to, to connect with people, but like a lot of people on a daily basis. They're almost never big connections, but there's always some connection. And every once in a while, you'll find customers that keep coming back and you, you just reconnect with them mm -hmm. every time they come in the restaurant, which is really fun. But yeah, smaller tables mean that, oh, it's so easy to to connect to them. Oh, hey, you're a person. I'm a person. There's things we can talk about. Let me also get your food at the same time. Well, large parties, the only thing you can do is... You're just talking at the group. Yes, you are talking at the group. You are getting... You know, you were just running down the line of, okay, what do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? What do you want to eat? And then you hope that everything went well. Yeah. But I, I love this business because of the variety. 
I love this business because a large part of it is because I love food. I love to eat food. Where did that start for you? It started at a very, very young age. My parents taught me to cook. It was just something that was very intrinsic, very, very second nature to me. And I enjoy making good food. I enjoy serving good food. I enjoy whatever it is. Food is one of those things that is an international language. Food is one of those things that can literally connect nations. And that, something about that is just so cool to me. What is it about the food that you serve now that, that connects? Why do you like that? So, Or do you like the food that you serve now? Oh, I love the food that I serve now. Um, it is classic Italian food. It is just... We serve this dish that is found in... Like, was created in this suburb of Rome, Italy. Oh, yep. You're talking about the... Uh, called the porchetta. porchetta. Yep. It is... It is pig-wrapped pig smothered in Italian spices. <laughs> like... That's a very literal... When you say pig-wrapped pig... It is pork tenderloin yeah. wrapped in pork belly yeah. with Italian herbs and spices in between the layers. Bake that all for four hours. Get the skin nice and crispy. Serve that alongside of an arugula salad and some finger lean potatoes. Bruh. That's one of those that, that's been fun to sell, too. Like, bruh. And you, you can tell food takes on the personality of whoever is making it. So, and that's another thing. If you're not making food with some kind of happiness or some kind of joy. It doesn't translate as it, well. No. Like, it's going to be average or less. Mm. If you make it with, if you make it with love, if you, if you really put yourself into the dish and onto the plate, even if it's the same dish that you've made over and over and over and over again, and you can make it in your sleep, then people can taste that. People can taste authenticity. So what's your favorite, you know, swapping back to kind of like the, the service part of the industry. What's one of your favorite interactions with, uh, with a customer problem or, or, or non-problem? Well, obvious, well, obviously my favorite interaction as a manager, yes, there is some sense of dread whenever a guest says, I want to talk to your manager. Mm. Every manager in this business will tell you that they are going over a million different things. Okay, what could have been wrong? What could I have done? What's this? What's that? Like, just the wheels start turning. And then you get to them and they're like, hey, you the manager? Yeah, I'm, I'm the manager. Um, <laughs> Is there? So, so you tell me, it's like when, I, when somebody says that. I, Are you the manager? There's a part of you that wants to run. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and but I don't because 
That's, that I, seems like bad customer I, service. I, I, do, <laughs> I, I don't run. Um, but one of my favorite things is when a customer tells me, hey, I know that you get the bad stuff all the time. I know that you don't get the good stuff nearly as often as you should. But I just wanted to tell you that everything was amazing. Mm. Your server, my server was fantastic. The food was amazing. Phenomenal! Like, what goes through your mind when you like you're dreading this? Like, you're wondering like, what did we do wrong, and how am I gonna like, fix it? And they're like, like I am, everything was perfect, and like, I called you just to let you know that. Like, I am not a pessimist, but when it comes to this, <laughs> you you seem like like that's I, what you would say before you say something. Pessimistic. I immediately go to the worst. I'm like, someone calls on the phone and says, "Hey, I want to speak to the manager about my experience last night," or they're in the restaurant leaving. Like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, they found a nail in their food. Like, they, they, like I immediately go to the worst. Has that ever happened to you? Has anyone found a nail in their food? Yes, actually. Oh. So. Okay, by nail, you mean. So, it was a little finishing nail. It had come off of one of our pizza paddles. And, and it, it found its way on, in the crust oh. of a pizza. Was that guy okay? They everybody was fine. It they was just fine. Found it. They just saw so it and they were like, they, this is so, suspicious. So what happened was person picked up the pizza, it dropped. <laughs> so that's a lot more hardware in your uh margarita than you expected. Um yeah. <laughs> um so so that was that was something that happened. But no, like I immediately go to all of these like these like I remember back to the, like horror stories and stuff that I've heard yep. happening at restaurants and that's what I go to and then they come up and they're like, "Yeah, everything's great. Everything was phenomenal. Thank you so much. We cannot wait to come back." Cool. Ooh. That's that's a good day. Yeah, yeah. That is probably that's probably my favorite type of customer interaction is when that is my favorite kind of interaction because I have never been one for conflict, but I've never been one to shy away from it. And so getting those kind with my job basically being I get paid to get yelled at. That's my primary like that is my purpose and you know what i take that yeah because at the end of the day and i've since i become a manager i have always taken the approach that i don't have employees i have i have 37 bosses i have 37 people that I work for. My staff doesn't you, work for me. I work for my staff. And I think that that is so important for anybody in a leadership role to have that mindset because at the end of the day, without your staff, without the pe without the people that are out there actually dealing with a guest 95% of the time, and then pulling you in when necessary. Like, I don't spend near as much time in front of guests as 
I would like. Hmm. And so I have to make sure that the people that are, are taken care of. And that's, that is my responsibility as a leader to do such. How do you feel you best take care of your employees? Your, your, I guess, 37 bosses. I allow them to be themselves. I don't, I don't try to take away their personality. If they need, if they need someone to talk to, mm -hmm. every single one of them know that I am a person that they can talk to. Yeah. I'm a person that they can rely on. And I am a person that they can look to for direction. And I'm never going to ask somebody to do something that I myself am not willing to do. All right, so now here's the tough question. Where do you think you could do better as a manager for your for your staff? So I think that I could do a better job at communicating my expectations. I don't do that well. I'm the type of person that if I know how to do it and I say, hey, go do this thing, my first immediate thought is they know how to do it. Because yeah. in my mind, it's not a difficult task. So then is it a... I guess the logical next thing is like, is it frustrating for you when it's not done the way you expected to do it? Yes. And that's my fault because... Because you didn't tell them. I didn't explain to them, yeah. hey, this is what I want it. This is how I want it done. Just... And I do this with everybody, not just work. I do this with Samantha. I do this with... You do this with me. I do this with you. I do this with... You do this with me like, all the time. I feel like I get the brunt of that. I probably like, get the like worst I, of it. Like, I I do that with everybody in every aspect of my life. But especially is, me. I don't I, communicate... I get the brunt of the lack of expectation communication. Like, I don't communicate I my expectations to, for... I want you to pity me, George. No. George, I need you to pity me right now. No. Because we'll get into a whole different conversation that <laughs> neither one of us want to have. Um, That's the next episode. That's another but, episode. But no, like, I don't communicate my expectations very well. Mm -hmm. um, I just tell them, hey, you need to do this thing. And then when they don't do the thing the way that I wanted them to do the thing, I get mad at them yeah. because they didn't do the thing the way that I wanted them to do the thing, even though I didn't tell them does, how does I it, wanted the thing done. Does it seem like, do you get like the reaction whenever you do that? Does it seem like I'm confused? Why are you upset? I did the thing that you told me to do. Do you see that? I do. Is it, or, or is it just like, whatever, man. I guess that just really depends on whoever you're talking to, but... Yeah, and I think something else that couples into that is, say, I'm, I'm also very bad at delegating things. If I come into a situation where I told someone to do something and they're not doing it the way that I want them to do it, then typically I'll just take over and do it myself. Mm-hmm. So that it gets, it gets done right. Right. And that's not saying that the way that they're doing it isn't right. 
the way that they're doing it could be just as effective. And it sure, and it probably made sense to them at the time. Exactly. Yeah. But to me, it's like, well, that's stupid. Why are you doing it that way? Get out of my way and let me show you. I've actually done that too. Like, like you. There was a time I was setting up a projector. This was for a church function, and this was years ago. Um, I found out that the day before, one of the guys in the students' department had said, "Oh yeah, we moved up the screen." Uh, you know, we wanted to be closer to the to the group, and I looked at him because I'm thinking, okay, cool. If you move up the screen, but you don't move the projector itself, then the whole image looks funky. And I I ended up messing it with it for uh, for like you know 15 20 minutes before the pastor was like, hey man, we don't have any more time. We got to just get this done. And I looked at this dude when he tells me this, and I said. You know, to the guy who you know tells me, "Yeah, we're 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 moving up the projector screen." I look at him and I said, "That was dumb." In front of him and the pastor and a couple other people that are with me that morning. Granted, it was five o'clock in the morning, and while not an excuse, I understand that because it seems dumb at the time. Like obviously, you should have known better to do the thing the right way or whatever. And I ended up getting called out on that later on. The pastor, I actually, I asked him the question, hey, what could I be doing better as a leader? And I thought that that was a great question to ask. And then he was like, you know, you could talk to people better. And I was like, oh, that was the one area I thought I was doing good in. I'm terrible as a person. That was a very, very fun learning experience. That's, and we both have that issue. We're both very, um... We would call ourselves A-type personalities. I mean, you might. I won't. Um, I, I, I hate that label. Absolutely hate it. Me and you, we're a lot. <laughs> Just ask our wives. <laughs> we are very dominant personality there's, types. There's a good chance that other people would call me an A-type personality, and I just don't like the label, and so I reject the label. So, we are a very dominant personality. We're very, like, we're very loud. We're very overbearing. Like, I'm not loud. Are you loud? Wait, are we loud? I'm rejecting all the labels that you're putting on me right now. Well. Because I hate labels, period. Then how do you find stuff? I just remember where I put it last. Labels will help you. Um, <laughs> so. It's a very different kind of label. Something else that I like about the service industry is that it is one of very few industries that will probably never go out of business. Oh, wait. You're telling me that people will never get to a point where they don't need to eat? No. Is that what you're trying to tell me? People will never get to the point where they don't want to not go out to eat. <laughs> like People will always want to go out to eat. There, there are... They're, they're like my it, immediately my first thought against that point is Great Depression. Okay. Okay. Now, now. But even still, you had restaurants that thrived during that point. Really? Yes. I'm not much of a history buff, so this is news like, to me. Like, people will pay for convenience. Yeah, I could agree with that. And you're telling me. That I can go to a restaurant, pay somebody, 
to cook my food, mm -hmm. get me drinks, yep. and then I don't have to clean dishes or the table. All I have to do is pay and leave? That's how we do our date night. That's why we <laughs> we actually, like, me and Carrie like to have date nights out. We've done date nights in, and we like those too. But we really like our date nights out because we don't have to do the dishes. See, we can actually cook just as good as food, or just as good food as what you can find in a restaurant because my wife is an amazing cook. Um, but we don't have anyone to clean dishes for us, and the cat's not going to do it because he's a jerk. As are all cats. As are all cats. And my dogs are like bulls in a china shop. They would, they, they want to, they, they clean the dishes. They though. want to help you. They would clean the dishes. They want to help you, but they would break everything in the process because they got too excited. Your dogs are precious, though. Uh, That's okay. There was a saying a few years ago that I heard, and it's you don't choose to work in hospitality. Hospitality chooses you to work in it. Do you think that's true, though? I yes. mean, like, I would assume that Thanks. I have free will. I have a job, or there's there is a job, or I need a job. Okay, you work, you work in a hospitality service industry job. You chose to work in it. Yeah. Were you happy? <laughs> Answer my question. Yeah. Were you happy? God, it's just there were good times. Yes or no. And there were bad times. Majority of the time, were you happy? It's kind of a miserable existence. I'm going to be honest with you. It's really. It's the exact opposite for me. It takes a very, very special person to work in this business. Yes, it does. Which is it, probably why you have such a high turnover. The, it's exactly and not, why. not just you specifically. Everyone yes, has a high because, turnover. Because a lot of people a lot of people think, oh, it's just a serving job. It's not that no, difficult. And, and, it's and here's, not that hard. Here's something I can say about serving is it's great money. Oh, you, you find the right place. Money. You find the right place, you get around the right people, you can make all the money you need. And at the same time, oh my god. But you have to, you do have to be, there's, there's one of the, one of, you know, my coworkers, your employees that, that loves what she does. You yes. know who I'm talking yes. about. She loves what she does and she's, I like to think that she's pretty great at it. And just like we, we, she and I have talked about how she thinks it's an incredible industry and would probably stay in it for the rest of her life. And I think to myself, oh dear God. Get me out now. Right. That hospitality bug, it bites you. Yeah. And once it bites you, there's really no antidote. You can go work in other customer service related things, retail, banking. <laughs> it doesn't scratch that itch. Now, that being said, you have worked in, I know you've worked in banking. I've have worked in banking. Retail? I've worked retail. I've worked office jobs. I've and was miserable in every single one of them, but I was in front of people. I was still performing a public service. Mm. But it's just something about being in the environment of a restaurant, just being in that environment, being in that energy. Right. Now, you're also, I, you're also talking about when it's busy, things are happening, it's all kind of just 
popping, you're in a groove. Well, the thing about even even the energy when it's slow, like the yes, it sucks to be slow. Oh because, God! It's because awful. if you're slow in the restaurant business, you're not making any money. But that's when the energy switches to all right. We finally have time to get some stuff done that we have had to neglect because we just legitimately have not had the time. Some of the deep cleaning things, especially since we're a 365 operation, there aren't days when the restaurant is closed that we can just go in and clean. Like, there's just not that opportunity. If you're bitten by this bug, if you if you love this business, you find the joy, you find the positive in every situation. I would much rather be busy than slow any day of the week, but you need those slow times to prepare for the busy times. So let me ask you, I think, a question that's probably pretty obviously answered. This is something you want to do for the rest of your life. Every day, the goal that I the goal that I am working towards right now is owning my own place. How far away are you from that goal? If if I had to guess, I would say that I'm at least 15 years away from that goal. So 2035. I would love to say that in five years, I would be working on opening my restaurant. But what I is, know... What does that take for you? Like, what do you need to get there? Like, you need... Money, I'm sure. You need the... You need the capital yep. to open... You need the idea. You need to like. You need to make sure the cost, the pricing. It's just like opening any business. You have to make sure that the bottom line is protected, and that you are protected before you take the risk. And there are some things that I'm not going to be able to see until we get there. Right. Until the doors are open, there are just problems that you aren't going to... Let's say it's opening night, but my produce order wasn't delivered. What do I do? Do I roll over? No. I go to Kroger. I go to Walmart. I go to Winn-Dixie. I go to a grocery store, and I buy everything in their produce department, right. and I take it back to the restaurant. Let's get to cooking. But it's... There are something there are certain unknowns that you won't know until you do it and then there are some things that are very controllable. You have to make sure that your that your concept works for the area that you're opening it in. Mm. Because you are solely depending on the community that you are choosing to be a part of to make you successful. I want to say thank you for walking us through a day in the life for George. That's been really cool. For everyone of you listening, we want to say thank you for just continuing to tune in. We really appreciate it. We want you to just blow up our social media. 
and tell us what you like about this show, what you don't like about this show. You know where to find us. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We are the JG Podcast, J underscore G Podcast. Also, share us with your friends. You may be listening to us on Anchor, but your friend listens on Spotify. We're on Spotify. You might have a friend on Apple Podcasts. We're also on Apple Podcasts. So put our link out there, share it on your socials, and just talk to us on ours. We love the conversation. Guys, we love doing this, and uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you soon. Yeah, for sure. And also, tell us what you want to hear. We want to bring you guys the content that you want to consume. Tell us what you want to hear. If it's not conversations like this, that's fine. We want to make this as enjoyable for y'all as we possibly can. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you again next time.